thank you for coming to worship. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. So glad to be together. Amen. With my church family tonight. Amen. As we conclude together our three days of prayer and fasting. We are going into this weekend with great expectation. Amen. Not just this weekend, but next weekend. Amen. As we celebrate and remember the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. How many knows that he has risen from the dead and that he is alive forevermore? And that is plenty of reason to celebrate. Of course, we also have Illinois Youth Convention coming up. My son is very excited about that. <laughs> He's looking at his brothers like you, you left me hanging. Man. But uh, we're excited for our youth group being able to go and be a part of this great, great event, this great conference. Amen. We're believing that they are going to be radically transformed and blessed by it. And I want to say that if you are able to go to a service, amen, I know it's a two, two and a half hour drive and to, down to Springfield, to the Bank of Springfield Convention Center, but it will be well worth the time, amen, and the investment uh, to go and to be at one of the services Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. I don't even mind if you if you miss service here next Wednesday night and you're there. I'll be okay with that. I'll be here. It will be my first time being here in like 100 years, uh, the Wednesday before uh, Easter Sunday. Of course, I was here in 2020, but of course, we weren't all there. I mean, we weren't all here in 2020, but, uh, but Illinois Youth Convention is coming up. Let's keep that in prayer. Uh, also, our Easter uh, invitation cards are here. They are in the lobby on the reception desk. And so take a stack of those and uh, put them into the hands of someone that's not already planning on coming that you could compel to come and join us in celebrating his resurrection uh, next Sunday. But this weekend is our dedication service, long, long-awaited service. Amen. And we're looking forward to uh, just coming and dedicating this building officially unto the Lord. I look forward to our district superintendent, Dr. Brent Cawthart, who will be here with us and ministering the word this Saturday at 2 o'clock in that service. I suspect that our parking lot, as well as our building, are, is going to be packed out. If, if just some of our uh, family members down at the, the sanctuary show up, it's going to be packed out. So we're, we're expecting not only the sanctuary to show up, uh, but also several churches have reached out to me, said they're bringing a van, they're coming. And so uh, I suspect that this, this place is going to be absolutely full to the brim, as well as our parking lot. Now, if you drive uh, to church, and sometimes you drive separate from your spouse, you're married, you drive separate from your spouse or your kids, I would recommend, if it's possible, on this day, uh, to drive together. Uh, parking spots are going to be a high 
uh, there's going to be a high premium on that. So we are going to do our best to accommodate that. I'm going to recruit some people that will help uh, just kind of regulate the parking, make sure that everyone's getting every space available and maybe even doubling up some spaces and doing some creative things with parking out there in the parking lot. We'll, use our, we'll, we'll take our church vehicles and park them elsewhere. And so we're just going to do our best to accommodate uh, the great turnout that's going to be here to celebrate this Saturday. And everyone say amen. 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 Let's be prepared not only to come to dedicate a building. This is more than just a ceremony. It's, I think it's interesting to me. In my Bible reading plan uh, yesterday morning, I read for the first time in this particular Bible, I read the account of Solomon dedicating the temple. And what an incredible moment that was as they offered sacrifices. Uh, in fact, he had, to, he had to expand the altar and he had to make more room for all the sacrifices that were being brought in. And the Bible says that the Lord was pleased and the glory of God came down. And it was so thick like a cloud that the ministers were not even able to stand and minister. And I believe that uh, the dedication of this building, amen, is something that is pleasing to the Lord as we recognize and acknowledge uh, his provision and his hand upon this great congregation. We'd like our ushers to come at this time. And we are going to prepare to pay our tithes and give our offerings. It is time for the collection of tithes, offerings, and cell phones. And let me just say this. Young people, uh, we, we incorporated this uh, some several months ago just because we want to make sure that while our kids and our youth are in kids church and youth church, they have no distractions. They just leave their mobile devices in here. Um, but I would recommend even beyond that, like in the home, let there be an accountability uh, with your mobile devices and your parents. Uh, if you do not, as a parent, have tracking uh, devices that are software inside of your kids' mobile devices, uh, don't, don't just give them technology that, uh, well, I'll save it for another time. But at the very least, do not allow it to go into their rooms. Let it be in a, in a public space. They don't need to go to their bed and have their device in their rooms. And it's okay if mom or dad picks up your phone and checks your text messages every once in a while and checks your history and your emails. That's okay uh, because we care about our kids. We care about our young people. And we understand that there is an enemy that would love to get into the lives and the minds and the hearts of our young people. Uh, through this means. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your hand that is upon our lives and allowing us to be a part of your kingdom. And Lord, we want to give back, Lord, by the pain of our tithes, the giving of our offerings, we cheerfully give unto the Lord. I pray your blessings upon, Lord, not only the gifts that are received, but also the givers. I pray, O oh Lord, your blessings upon their finances, upon their homes, upon their health. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Lord, even as those of Scripture, I command blessing upon them in the name of Jesus. As we live in obedience to your word, let it be in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you as you give to the Lord and to your parents. And we're going to go ahead and dismiss our young people and our kids at this time to go to kids' church and go to youth church. And for those of us that remain, let's turn in our Bibles 
to 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter one. And let's begin with verse twelve. First Timothy chapter one and verse twelve. The Bible says, This is the Apostle Paul, I alluded to the scripture last Wednesday night, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, and he says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Everyone say amen. Amen. The Lord is in the business of saving sinners. And uh, we I started last week teaching about the conversion of Saul, and there were two key conversions uh, that have just leapt off the pages of Scripture to me, and that is the conversion of Saul and the conversion of Cornelius. And so I will be teaching, continuing from Saul and Cornelius, um, and I just, I want the Lord to have his way here tonight. I believe that we could receive encouragement. I could, uh, I believe that we could receive instruction. I believe that we could receive a challenge, amen, uh, to be what God has called us to be. And uh, he wants us, he wants so much for us. Like, like a good father, he wants so much for us. Let us pray. Lord, thank you, Jesus, so much for this day. Thank you for your word that is available to us. I pray in the name of Jesus that this church family be a church family that invests their lives into the practices of prayer and reading and studying your word. I pray that as I teach from your word, that you would lead me by your spirit to speak words of life, to speak words of instruction, to speak words of exhortation, Lord, that will build up and bless those here. I ask in the name of Jesus all of these things, and I'm going to give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise, and everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I was here earlier today. Well, I've been here most of today, I should say. But earlier today, um, a representative from Bush Construction had come by, and uh, his name is Richard real nice guy, and he had worked with us on the project uh, throughout the duration of the project. And actually, they, he was here to uh, make sure that some uh, material was delivered because here 
the Monday after Easter, we're about to do a renovation of our ladies' bathroom. Uh, there, our main ladies' bathroom. We're going to move the wheelchair stall or the ADA stall to the first one there on the left, and then on. So we're going to do some work, and so some materials showed up today. He was here, and uh, they were working on a couple things, and he was addressing some some issues that we had discussed before, and just talking about that. We were actually standing right here, and he was observing just all the the things that we've been doing here, and. From the very start, we talked about these acoustical uh, panels, these acoustical treatments in the room that we put up last week. You might have noticed them. Those aren't just for decoration. Those are to help the acoustics in, in this room. And uh, we were talking about that. And I had mentioned, you know, that uh, I have had some feedback uh, about the sound level in this room, uh, that it could be a little bit loud. And it was funny to me because uh, he, he actually kind of like smirked. And he said, well, isn't that kind of your thing, though? <laughs> like, that was like his exact words. Isn't that kind of your thing? And, uh, and in the moment, I just kind of, I laughed with him. And I was like, right? Like, yeah, it's our thing. Like, why is someone going to complain? It's too loud. That's our thing. We, we had a good laugh about it. And... Uh, but later on, I got, I got thinking about that exchange between Richard and I, and uh, yeah, we, we can be loud, and obviously we're trying to monitor the acoustics in this room and the noise level in this room. In fact, we've got a little reader that tells us exactly how loud it is, a decibel reader, and, uh, but, but it was like, I don't know, whether it was my thoughts or, or, or the spirit of the Lord in me just kind of stirring that conversation, like, yeah, that's our thing, right? We're, we're loud. And you know what? I mean, it's for good reason, right? I mean, I'm not just talking about sound amplification and the acoustics in this room. I'm talking about when you read scripture and you see kind of a precedent set um, of, of people shouting with a loud voice. Uh, or you just read the book of Revelation and you read about heaven and how it's like the sound of many waters. Here recently, my, my, my family and I, we were able to be near the ocean. Uh, it was actually the Gulf of Mexico. But it's incredible how you could be there all day around that ocean and you talk at a certain level and then like you're indoors. And if you keep talking at the level, you realize how much you were compensating for just the noise of the waters. And uh, heavens described that way. There's going to be a great throng of people, thousands upon thousands. In fact, if you do the math, it's, it's really millions of people crying out with a loud voice. But the, the way that that was just kind of working on me was uh, this conversation and throughout the day I was thinking about that. It, the way it was working on me is like, yeah, sure, that, that is what we're about, but that's not really, that, that's not really our thing. You know, our, our thing, you know, as far as we're, we're loud, you know, we're, and he's saying this because he was here at our grand opening. Like, he's like, that's your thing. You guys, his, his words initially were like, that was powerful. <laughs> they were, they were just taken aback. Uh, they've not experienced a church quite like that. There was one of them that has been in church services very similar. And, uh, but really, what, what is our thing, right? Our thing is to reach the lost. Our thing is to disciple the saved. 
our thing is to fulfill the Great Commission. And, and we cannot allow, and that's why I, can't, I, I don't want, that's why we have these acoustical panels. That's why we have the decibel reader. In fact, uh, we've made some changes around here. Uh, and we've had some classes. We haven't had the person that installed the sound system come here and for three solid hours. Uh, he did three hours of training with people that are working in our sound booth. Uh, so that we could learn how to properly use the sound system and uh, modify to the acoustics in the room and make sure things are going well. Uh, in fact, we've we moved our baptistry. I don't know if anyone noticed. It's up here now. And next to the baptistry, we actually have a couple baptistry changing rooms so that way we don't have to have people going into the nursery bathroom to change clothes. We'll have rooms designated for all of the baptisms that we're going to have this year, right? And, and, and as long as the Lord should tarry and we're in this place. And uh, we've got a baptistry. It, yesterday, had some guys here moving uh, river rock, uh, landscaping. Uh, I don't know if you noticed those beautiful planters uh, when you walked into the, the building. So there's some beautification going on. Uh, our kitchen, if you haven't seen in the kitchen lately, we've got two ovens, two microwaves installed, a nice refrigerator and a coffee maker, an industrial coffee maker that's coming and, and all of these things. And all of these things are to help us more effectively do our thing. Our thing is to reach the lost. Our thing is to disciple the saved. Our thing is to fulfill the Great Commission here in the Quad Cities. And, uh, oh, yeah, we've got, we've got a backdrop wall as well. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew to notice that or not. And uh, it, 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 was, it was quite a task. And I, I'll say there's, there's been a whole team that has helped out with a lot of things around here. Uh, I won't take the time to name them all, but uh, just a whole team of people helping out. And this wall, by the way, is 27 feet wide by uh, 14 plus feet tall. And I don't know if you know this, but the beam, one of the beams is made of steel. And one of the beams is made of wood. I don't know if you knew that. I, I don't know if you knew that there, there were even beams back there, but... Now, Brother Joe and Iken and, and, and some other guys, Brother Bill, you were helping, built a wooden beam on the right side to give symmetry because I was not going to be able to pastor a church that did not have some symmetry on this platform. Just not going to be possible. So we built a fake beam. And uh, we built this wall and we're, we're putting these panels, each of these panels, in fact, I've got one back here, each of these panels is exactly 50 millimeters by 50 millimeters here. And we just use these. They're, they're actually made out of like some kind of bamboo fiber material. And uh, we put them on. And uh, I learned, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a carpet layer. I'm not a tile layer. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm not that guy. But I did learn that if you, if you start at the bottom... And, and you're just a sixteenth of an inch, not level or straight. It makes a big difference by the time you get to the top. And, and, and 
I saw that, and of course, you know, being a preacher, like, you know, instantly I'm thinking like chief cornerstone because it takes so much time to do the first row. Like the first one has to be exact. And then the next one, and, and of course, after you get the first row or the first one, it's like from there, everything could be fine, no problems at all. And uh, you see, it's a pattern, you know, and and. While I was working on this, Brother Hugo uh, was helping me, Brother, Brother Velas, he was helping me, and he shared a story with me that I thought was very interesting. Make sure you translate correctly now, Brother. So he's telling me the story. He says that uh, he was doing some work at his house, and I believe it was a, it was a plumbing issue, and he has fixed this issue repeatedly, like every once in a while, uh, it would start leaking or something. And, and so he's not a plumber. He, he doesn't even claim to be an electrician, but I, I think he's lying about that. But when he fixes this issue in his house, he takes very careful attention as to how it is assembled, right? And he, he looks at it, makes sure that he knows exactly how it's assembled. He gets replacement parts. He gets new parts. And he disassembles it and then replaces it with new parts. And it seems like a year passes or some time passes and it, it's doing the same thing. It's leaking again. So he's like, well, the parts went bad again and I'm going to replace the parts. Put it right back together exactly how it is. Well, more recently, I think it was about a week ago, um, he went to replace it. And this time when he went to replace it, he thought, you know, I'm going to consult with the professionals on YouTube. And I'm going to watch I'm going to watch a YouTube video that shows how this is supposed to be done. And to his surprise, whoever installed this long before he moved in installed it wrong. So all of these, all this time, he has been reinstalling it wrong because that's how it was done. That's how it was done. So all he was just, he was just duplicating the mistake every single time. At a young men's retreat that my son and I and, and some other boys and dads went to recently, I got to meet a man uh, by the name of, I've got his, Dustin. His name was Dustin. Dustin was just, uh, he was polar opposite of what I grew up at. He was just, he was a country guy. He was, him and his son was there. Dustin and his son Logan were there. He was just kind of a burly guy, uh, car hardware, big time, scruffy beard. Uh, and I come to find out that Dustin had never went to church a day in his life until last Easter. His whole life, he's probably, he's probably about 35 to 40 years old. Never went to church in his life in 30-some years until he went to church on Easter Sunday last year. I've got to, you know, I would like to believe that we might have a Dustin show up this Easter at the Refuge Church. I would like to believe that. I'm going to have faith for that. And so don't, don't, don't hold that invitation card you know, because someone's never been to church. Invite everyone. There's a lot, 
that went into this, but essentially his wife worked with someone that went to this church. It's actually the, the church that is in Canton, Illinois, which is where the ladies went for that ladies' rally. And uh, he went, never went to church a day in his life. The Sunday after this young men's retreat, a year after he started going to church, God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. So incredible. And, and it, was, it was really awesome to hear this man who had never been to church, started going to church, and now he's like, he goes to everything. And it was neat just to hear him talk about, like, the pastor and talk about the church leaders. And just, it was just so genuine. It was so authentic, so real. And, um, and to kind of see it through his eyes. He talked about how God had helped him uh, deliver him from uh, habits in his life. He had done uh, chew or smokeless nicotine since he was like a kid. And, uh, and how God had brought him out of that and just different things. It was really, really neat. Now, I wonder how many in this room you have the exact same testimony as Dustin. Before the Lord brought you into the church, you never went to church a day in your life. There's probably my guess, because I, I know this church pretty well, I know this church family fairly well, my guess is for the most part, most of you had some church background, right? You had some church background. You're, you're either like me and you were, your parents were saved before you came around or when you were really young, and so this is all you've known. I'm really, I was looking at pictures here recently and saw a picture of Jadavius when he was just, I mean, he was just a little guy. And, and it's fascinating to me that Jadavius will share a very similar testimony as I do. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was baptized twice. He was baptized while he was in his mother's womb, and he was baptized after <laughs> he had been born once. Amirius, Amirius, okay, that's right. But it's, it's neat because the Lord saved my parents just three weeks before I was born. The Lord saved uh, Sister Jakara, brought her into the refuge church just a few weeks before uh, Jadavius was born. And uh, this is all he'll ever know, right? But now, now let's, let's, let's think about Dustin. Dustin, we're, we're in this room together. We break out in some small groups. And we're in this room together, and we're just kind of going around the room. I've got some questions that I'm asking the group at this young men's retreat. And uh, we're going around the room, and we're talking about who your heroes are. And I asked them, you know, like, let's not be, like, super spiritual here. Let's, let's just pick some people, you know, everyday people, uh, maybe people that you know, in church, not in church. And it was, it was so interesting because he started talking about his dad, and he teared up. And he mentioned the fact that his dad was the one that raised him and had nothing to do with church. Never, never took him to church. But he just commented how his dad's a hardworking man, and he always just respected his dad so much for how his dad protected and provided for his family. You see, you see Dustin had a pattern that he was following all his life. From the time he was born to the time that he had his own household, his own child. 
All he was doing was following the pattern. He was following that, 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 that pattern that was maybe initially it was just a 16th inch off. Or maybe it was, it was something that was put together, put in him that was initially put in wrong. But he didn't know. And every time it sprung a leak, he got new parts and just kind of tried to put it back together exactly how it was. But the, the, the truth is like most of us and maybe even most of the people that you know they have a pattern in their lives or they have something that's assembled in their lives that every once in a while it starts leaking again. And they try to do some patching, they try to buy some new parts and exchange it with new parts, but they put it back together exactly the way it was. And what was just a 16th or a 32nd off is now it's way out in left field. And, 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 and I know that you and I, we can very easily sit back in our seat of righteousness and judge the world. Whether it's someone like Dustin that's never been to church a day in his life or someone like some of you before you came into this marvelous light and discovered that to be born again is essential and saw the revelation of the oneness of God and the mighty God in Christ and experienced it for yourself, right? And we have these stories. It's not guesswork. We have these stories in Scripture like that of Saul and that of Cornelius that I see as very pivotal. They're very key because in the life of that of Saul, we see someone that was radically opposed to the church, that God sovereignly intervened in his life. But he also used Ananias, as we talked about last Wednesday. And, 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 and Ananias, in fact, if we, if we could turn our Bibles open, you could see how the Lord instructed Ananias to, to baptize him, to lay hands upon him, and to see him filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 9, in Acts chapter 9, the Lord speaks to Ananias in verse 11. In verse 11, the Lord says to Ananias, I want you to get up, go down to the street which is called Straight, inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. Here's this man that had this heavenly and divine encounter, and he is praying. And he, and he goes on, he tells Ananias, and hath, he's, he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. At that point, at that point, the Lord has visited Saul, given him a heavenly vision, spoken to him, given him instructions and all of this is before he was born again. All of this was before he was baptized in the name of the Lord and filled with the Holy Ghost. My point is this. Do not, do not discount or discredit someone's experiences with the Lord prior to them being born again. You don't know what God is doing in your coworker's life. You don't know what God has done in your neighbor's life. And if they open up enough and feel bold enough and courageous enough to share with you what the Lord, what they feel like the Lord has done in their life, and all you do is discount that, discredit it, and act like it never happened, and act like it, it, it's not real because you weren't going to the refuge church. I've got news for you. 
God is working without us. But he has plans to work with us to see the conversion of people like Saul. That he has already pulled on their heartstrings. He has already given visions in the night. He has already spoken to in an audible voice perhaps. And you might say, well, I've never heard God speak in an audible voice. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't do that for them. He knows what's going to reach and work in their lives. All we have to do is just be obedient to what God wants to do through us to reach them. There's going to be people that come into this church that were already baptized in Jesus' name that weren't baptized at the Refuge Church. There's going to be people that show up that receive the gift of the Holy Ghost before they ever step foot in this building at a Pentecostal church that preaches God as a trinity. What are you going to do with that? Right? No, it's, if they don't receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues in a oneness church, it's not the real Holy Ghost. What? Like, no. There, let, me, let me go ahead and go to step one. There's going to be people that come into this church that have already repented, genuinely repented and put their faith in the Lord as their Savior. And we cannot come and try to strong arm them and say, until we see them cry in our altar, they haven't repented. No, we don't know what God has already done in their lives and what revelation and what introduction has happened in their lives. And we see that in Saul and we see that in Cornelius. Let's read on. Let's, let's look at what the Lord continues to tell to Ananias. Ananias says, hold on, Lord. Now, this is the same Saul that did much evil to the saints in Jerusalem, to your saints, by the way. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Never mind the fact that he's about to be baptized in the name. In the same name that he was finding everyone that he could, that called on the name. He's about to be baptized in the name of Jesus. He says, listen, Ananias, I understand. I hear you. I, I hear your reservations. But go your way. He's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Wow, that sounds pretty exciting. That sounds great. God has chosen him. He's going to do, he's going to preach before kings. What else? I will show him how great things he must suffer for my namesake. How many's ever felt like you had that contrast introduced to you? Hold on, God. I thought I was supposed to do something great for you. Why do I feel like I'm suffering? We see the contrast here, even from the very beginning of Saul's conversion, that yes, you're going to do great things, but it's also going to come with some suffering. Ananias, he then obeyed, went his way, entered into the house, and putting his hands on, on Saul. My, have the tables turned. You read back when we're first introduced to Saul, Saul is laying his hands on the church and hauling them into prison. And now Saul is getting hands laid on him. What are you going to do when the people that have hurts you by their hands. Now you, they're in your hands. They're at your mercy. 
I'm not just talking about a conversion, but I feel like the Lord just wants to talk to someone right now. Ananias laid his hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul, <laughs> it's the first time he's ever met him. <laughs> but he always, he's already calling him his brother. Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, the Lord Jesus, compare that with Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Ephesians 4, verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And here Jesus is called Lord. There's one Lord. He's appeared to you in the way as you came. He has sent me. Now notice what he's about to say. This is very important. Ananias says, the Lord sent me that thou mightest receive your sight, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Immediately then, there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received his sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Compare that scripture with Acts twenty two sixteen when Saul retells what happened. And he here we, we have left out a little saying. Ananias said to Saul, arise. Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, calling upon the name of the Lord to wash away your sins. That's what was said. It's not said here, but it's said in Acts 22:16. Now watch. If you draw a line over to verse 6, you'll find that God speaks to Saul. When he's trembling, he's astonished, and he tells the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord says, go into the city. It shall be told thee what thou, you could underline that word, what thou must do. This is what you must do. It's going to be told to you what you must do. And the next thing we find is that Saul receives the Holy Ghost and is baptized in the name of Jesus. Beautiful portrait of the essentiality of the new birth. Yes, that person that you meet, yes, your neighbor, yes, that good, godly, Christian person may have had all kinds of experiences with the Lord. You don't need to discount. You don't need to excuse those. You don't need to take anything away from them. But you still got to get them to the point where they realize they must be baptized in the name of Jesus. They must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, just like it happened for Saul. Right? From there, we find, and I'm just kind of, Fast forward here, we find that the Lord, uh, is he then uses Saul, and Saul, he starts preaching Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And in verse 23, after many days of this, the Jews that were hiring Saul to do their dirty work, now we're looking to kill Saul. Wow. How quickly things can change. Right? Did anyone feel this same change maybe with your circle? When you started making some radical steps to obey the Lord when you first got saved, did anybody else feel that tension? Like the people that used to be like, you're my guy, you're my girl. We're in this thick all the way to the end. And now it's like they, they don't want anything to do with you. They ignore your calls. They say nasty things about you behind your back. I thought, I thought we were BFFs, and now you want to kill me. But I love how it didn't slow down Saul. He preached. Now, his new friends, 
said, hey, we, we, we got to get you out of here. <laughs> and they let him down the wall at night in a basket. That, that was a really big basket. I, I'm convinced of it. It must have been a really strong, big basket. They let him down in a basket. And, and he goes, and the Bible says that he went to Jerusalem in verse 26 of Acts 9. He went to Jerusalem. And the Bible says they were all afraid of him, and they did not believe that he was a disciple. I mean, at headquarters, here's Peter and James and John, the, the top dogs here, you know, of the church, the leaders. Uh, we don't believe you. Like, you're just trying to get in and, like, trying to snatch us in our inner layer. Like, no, we don't believe you. Here's the thing is the, the, the key conversions that take place in Acts 9 and Acts 10 are not only the conversions of Saul and Cornelius. It's the conversions of Ananias and the church and Peter. I would like to compare it to the parable of the prodigal. The parable of the prodigals often, sometimes, we only see one side of it. We see the parable of the prodigal and we think of it as being a story about the youngest son, those two boys, and the younger son who took his father's inheritance. And the Bible very clearly said he wasted it on riotous living, frivolous living. He just spent his money, he spent his inheritance. In fact, the word prodigal is not going to be found in Luke 15. But we came up with it because prodigal is an old English word that means waste, wasteful. But here's the thing. By the end of the parable, you find that the older son is also wasting his inheritance. While one wasted it in spending it on frivolous thing, the other wasted it by letting it sit on the shelf. Really, the story is about a loving father. How is this tied back to Acts 9 and Acts 10? Because both Acts 9 and Acts 10 is about a loving father that is trying to work both in the sinner and in the saint to convert their heart. One to bring them into the kingdom and one to open their eyes to who can be in the kingdom. That it's not just regulated to people that look and act and dress like you and walk in the same circles as you know. This gospel is for whosoever will. Let them come and drink of the water freely. They were scared. And they had good reason to be scared. The last time they saw this guy, he wanted to kill them. And he consented even to Stephen's death. But now he's coming as a disciple? Really? But there's a key person in the story and his name, I, I mentioned him at the end of my message last week, Barnabas. I like, to, I like to say it this way. There was a bridge called Barnabas. Barnabas was a bridge. Barnabas was one that brought in Saul and introduced him to the church and said, listen, this is our brother. The Lord has done a great work in his life. I've heard him preach. He's outstanding. You should listen to him. Barnabas, we are introduced to Barnabas early in the book of Acts as the son of consolation. His name is Joseph, who they call Barnabas, and Barnabas means son of consolation, which means the son of the comforter. He carries that same DNA that's inside of him, the comforter, which Jesus says in John 14 is the Holy Ghost. 
He is the comforter. He is an encourager. And every church needs an Ananias and needs a Barnabas and needs someone that the Lord could work on our hearts to bring people in. Listen, it's not enough just to be friendly faces on a Sunday and Wednesday. But we've got to let people know, hey, you're family here. You are my brother. You are my sister. This is where you belong. And we're going to grow together and we're going to work together in the kingdom of God. If you believe that, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm out of time, but and we didn't even get to Acts 10, but from this point, we find that Barnabas brings in Saul, and, and Saul continues to preach boldly the name of Jesus. He's just this new convert, and he's so on fire it's like he can't help himself. Everywhere he's going, he's talking about Jesus. And the Jews hate him for it. The church loves him for it. The world hates him for it. And he's got to get out of Jerusalem because, again, he's going to get killed. And they send him off. I think it's to Tarsus. Sends him back home, basically. The Bible says then there was peace in Jerusalem. <laughs> Disciples were multiplied. Because they just all were witnesses of the ringleader of the persecution and is now the ringleader of the church. Why don't we go ahead and have crazy enough faith that God could convert the person that you think is working most against you, most against your faith, most against the church. What's it going to look like when God converts a drug dealer? What's it going to look like when God converts an atheist that, that is teaching in our school classrooms and the Lord touches their heart and they go one day from teaching something and talking in a certain way against faith and because of your children and their witness in their local junior high and high schools and grade schools, they're coming in. Listen, it is an awesome thing to behold the work of the Lord that he's doing. This, this past Sunday, just this past Sunday, there was a lady sitting right where Sister Holly is, behind Sister Holly, and uh, her daughter goes to my daughter's school and she filled out one of our guest cards and on the guest card she says I just want to say I love how you guys follow the spirit it was so powerful it was so amazing Oh, hallelujah. There are people that you and I, that God is going to introduce us to or that we already know, that they are going to come and experience the power of the Holy Ghost. We've got to be ready. We've got to, this is our thing. This is it. This is our thing. We have come to reach the lost. We have come to disciple and equip the church. Why? Because Jesus is coming and there's a whole lot of work that needs to be done. There's a harvest to be brought in. Would you stand to your feet if you believe it? Lord, we believe it. Lord, we want to receive it. Lord, we want to walk in it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you. We need you, Lord. Have your way in us, oh God. Have your way in us, oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As we stand together, I just, I just want to take us back to where I started. There's people, that, they're just following a pattern. They're just, that's what their father did. That's what their grandfather did. That's, that's what they've done and known all their lives. They're, and we're just, we're light to show them, listen, there's a better way. There's another way. 
Amen. If you need to consult a professional, amen. Look us up on YouTube. We've got a YouTube channel. <laughs> amen. There's another way. You don't have to keep repairing the leaky faucet in, in such a way that it's just going to leak again. Amen. But there is another way. And I'm so glad to be a part of showing people that way. Showing people the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Lord God, for what you've already done in our lives. But I believe that what you've done in our lives is going to be reciprocated into other people's lives. And I pray that we are ready, like Peter, like you used Peter to reach Cornelius, and like you used Ananias to see Saul baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray that we would recognize and acknowledge that your spirit is going before us and it is doing a great work in people's lives before we even meet them, before we even have a chance chance to witness to them before they even walk in through our doors. We believe that you're going to bring in people that have never been a day to a church in their lives like Dustin, but there's other people, Lord, that are in religious ruts, and they, they believe what they believe because it was the pattern that was handed down to them, but God, now you are wanting to bring a fuller revelation of your light, of your truth, and we are available, and we are ready to be used for your glory to bring that into our city, into, Lord, those that we know, into their lives. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in us, and now work through us to do the same in others. We believe it's going to be done. We believe it is being done, and we give you glory for it. Why don't we clap our hands and give the Lord a little bit of praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let's let's go into this weekend with great expectation. Amen. I would